Today on Defining Truth, talking about the Colorado Secretary of State putting Trump back on the ballot and AB 2773, uh, which limits pretext stops for cops. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Defining Truth. As Brandon just stated, we have a quick episode today. Just want to recap some things about this law harassing cops, and I'll tell you why. Um, and another judge in Maine says Trump can't be on the ballot. So, Brandon. Yeah, so just a quick update to follow up on what we <clears> talked <throat> about uh, last week, and we'll get into the Maine uh, scenario as well. Uh, Jenna Griswold, the Colorado Secretary of State, has since put Trump back on the ballot and will do so, uh, continue to do so, unless the U.S. Supreme Court upholds the previous decision made by the Colorado uh, Supreme Court. So just an update there. We'll talk about Maine after we talk about a new law coming down in January of next year, about a week or so, actually not even a week, couple days, uh, called AB 2773. This says that officers cannot start an interaction uh, with the question, do you know why I'm stopping you today? And uh, they must instead state the purpose of the traffic stop before asking any other questions. This goes for both uh, traffic stops and stops conducted on a pedestrian. According to the text of the law, the only time that officers can skip stating the reason for the stop is if the officer deems it necessary, quote, to protect life or property from imminent threat. The law was created to, this is their, their words, not my opinion, the law was created to reduce pretextual stops in which, exactly. an offi- in which an officer stops a vehicle or pedestrian for something minor with the intent of searching the driver and vehicle to determine if a larger crime is evident, such as expired paperwork, possession of certain items. The law was also created, they say, to help de-escalate interactions between police and civilians, and the author, Assemblyman Chris Holden, said in a legislative committee hearing that the bill was cre- uh, created to, quote, promote equity and accountability in communities. Uh, so, Josiah, my question to you is, uh, what is the uh, bigger picture here? It's not just about a cop asking somebody a question. Uh, they, they even allude to it in their own analysis that it's to reduce pretextual stops. So explain what a pretext stop is and uh, why that's useful for law sure. enforcement officers. Yeah, so everything about this bill is a lie. Uh, last week we covered how the left is um, – very, very good at layering their lies. So, you know, they have a false premise and then they do activism on top of the false premise as if it matters and people get confused because they start to believe the original lie. Uh, This is no different. Now, we saw a lot of comments online um, from seemingly people who just are, and I don't mean this offensively, but just very ignorant as to what police do and whatnot. Most people I think out there's only interaction with police is probably getting a traffic ticket, which is annoying, but you know, it is what it is. And this is not what this bill is addressing. In fact, Senator Bradford says of SB 50 that this bill will help protect Californians of color from unnecessary harm. Now, see, now now we're getting down this this trail of what what are we talking about? And as you mentioned, the author um, used the word pretext. So uh, let's just let's just clarify this. okay? so the majority of police interactions are not with people, despite what you may think. They're not with people, um, you know, giving speeding tickets. That's a select few group of, uh, you know, individuals within departments whose job it is to enforce speed. The much larger majority of police are out there patrolling, proactively looking for bad guys and uh, spending a lot of their time responding to people 
who are so immature and unable to conduct themselves that they require police intervention. I'm talking fights, disputes between people, arguments, uh, very serious things like domestic violence, et cetera. So the majority of, of police are, are not going to be the guy that you see at your window, okay, talking to you about that. Now, to be clear, the authors of this bill know that. They know that because just like everything the left does, it's it's all, uh, you know, they lay out the groundwork with this lie and then they build on top of it. So what's the lie here? The lie is that this somehow is protecting uh, people. Like, okay, let's start with that. The, fact, the, the idea that people need protection from police is a lie to begin with. The police are there to protect you. So who, who would you need protection? Who would need protection from police? Criminals, right? So let's, let's clarify what they're saying here. They're, they're, they're trying to push this, this belief or this narrative that police are indiscriminately out there harassing people and this and that. Now, if you're a drug addict or a criminal or a thief, then you probably have more interactions with police, right? If you're just a soccer mom on the way to school and you get a ticket, this bill is not for you. They want you to believe that, but that's not what it's for. And then notice how we start to see that revealed in the fact that Senator Bradford says that it will help protect Californians of color from unnecessary harm. What are you implying? How offensive is, it, is this? That means that without the bill saying a cop can't ask you, do you know why I pulled you over, that it's harming people of color? That is an, that is an atrocious and egregious lie and a misrepresentation of what, what law enforcement is doing. Now, they've tried this before. They hate pretext stops because pretext stops are a way that police find bad guys legally. All right, so remember, good guys have to play by the rules. Yeah, so I was I, gonna say, explain a pretext stop so people So I, I gave you an example earlier, right? It's like, um, if you have intelligence that a terrorist is driving from one city to another, and you get a call of a, of a potential you know, terrorist or there's intelligence that says, hey, this guy has a dirty bomb in his car. We still need to play by the rules and, and uh, abide by the constitution. So instead of just pulling over the car and saying, I know you have a bomb in the trunk, you're gonna wait until there's a violation, right? Now you may know that there's more to the story or that there's a bomb in the car, but because we're the good guys, we're still gonna wait. You're gonna blow a stop sign, you're gonna fail to you know, use your uh, blinker when turning, et cetera. And then you have to develop a probable cause to get yourself into that vehicle. That's called doing it the right way. There's nothing wrong with that and it has saved countless of lives. Pro probably saved people we don't even know about because we've caught murderers and terrorists and drug dealers carrying you know large amounts of fentanyl all through this method of knowing that there's something bad or suspecting it, but still abiding by the law and getting there correctly and lawfully. Now, why would someone have a problem with that? The only reason you'd have a problem with that is if you're a criminal or you're a bad guy or you just indiscriminately hate law enforcement. Now, here's the root of the problem. The left hates law enforcement at the local level, sheriffs and police departments. Why? They're, if, as you noticed, may have noticed in the, in the bigger picture, they don't have a problem with the weaponization of the Department of Justice. They don't have a problem with the DOJ hunting conservatives throughout this country, labeling journalists as domestic terrorists, lying about virtually everything in their investigations related to collusion and rush, et cetera. No problems there. They have a problem with law enforcement at a local level and a state level because they're not under their control. See, governors like Newsom in California really hate sheriffs like Chad Bianco, who refused to abide by his tyrannical edicts and, and um, you know things that they did in the state. So what's the left's ultimate goal? It's to, to uh, degrade and attack and harass the institution of law enforcement to turn the people against them. But what the, what the eventual long-term goal is the replacement of that with a federalized system. This is no secret. The left has done this all throughout history and they've tried here before. 
they would prefer a a federalized police system. I think they'd probably stay at the start at the state level and eventually move. Why? Because you you've decimated your your conservatives in that regard. Let's be clear. The vast majority of people in law enforcement are conservative. And that's because conservatives who are intimately in, uh, engaged with reality tend not to vote along lines of ideological fantasies. So if you live the reality of dealing with violence and death and drugs, then you're probably not gonna vote Democrat as much because reality smacks hard. So the Democrats know this, this is all political. And as you see, the false premise is that police are bad because they're hunting people of color and, and they're uh, you know unnecessarily harming them. All of this is a lie and we have the data to prove it. This is, this is hard for the left. Facts are never on their side. Data from Department of Justice shows that the overwhelmingly, overwhelming majority of police contacts are totally lawful and within the right. Are there bad things that occur? Sure, it's the extreme minority of situations. The left wants to tell you the exact opposite. They want you to believe that the majority of police are bad and that there's a few good apples out there. Absolute lie, data shows the opposite. One study showed that 0.003% of police contacts were actually uh, found to have had anything wrong or wrongdoing on the officer's part. That's out of millions, 3.7 million, I believe, possibly more police contacts annually in this country. So is that a pandemic type problem? No, it's not. It's not a systemic problem. It is a political problem for the left that cops are out there for the most part uh, doing a great job, risking their lives, uh, some oftentimes dying to protect people or responding to bad situations. And you have politicians like Democrats who have masterfully uh, written and wielded propaganda as a weapon and so what, what seems to be sort of innocuous, like, oh, well, what's wrong with stating why you're there? It's, it's a moot point. You already have to. The Constitution already says you have to develop probable cause. So what's the real agenda? I want, I want conservatives out there who are quick to jump on the whole anti-cop thing to realize something. You're not anti-police. You're anti the ideology, right? That Being anti-police because of what Democrats and those on the left do with them, is it would be like saying, well, I didn't like the Nazis because they were a military, so... I want to abolish the U.S. military. Does that make any sense? Yeah, we were talking about this earlier. There's a lot of conservatives out there that think that by a police officer asking why or if you knew why they, you pulled them over, that that's somehow a violation of your constitutional constitutional right. And to the point of th th this being a mute point, <clears throat> most traffic stops go something like, do you know why I pulled you over? No. Okay, well, you were going 20 yep, miles. That's the end of it. You were going 20 miles over the speed limit. Here's your ticket. Have a nice day. I've been pulled it's over just, once it, in my <laughs> life, and I didn't I didn't feel like him asking me if he if I knew why I was being pulled over escalated the situation. Yeah. If he never asked me that question, it would not have neither escalated nor de-escalated. It's, it's laying the ground for dismantling of, of law enforcement to be able to do their job. That's what it really is. Well, and is. that's the key, because next yeah. they're going to go after pretext yeah. stops completely. Yeah. What this a dumb thing one. to argue about. Like, we shouldn't let cops say, why did I stop you? Who who cares? That's a, It's just a random, it's like a conversational piece. It's yeah. like, Most that, of the time, you know why you're getting stopped. It's, it's, yeah, it's irrelevant. Like you said, as you being a former cop, it's basically like saying good morning. They already have to have a probable cause. You have to. You have to, a case doesn't go anywhere without probable cause. You have to prove it in court. When you submit a, a, a PC deck, you have to show the judge within 48 hours that you have probable cause to make this arrest. That is already there. And if it is already there, then what is the point of this bill other than what we're explaining, that it's laying the groundwork on false premise, on lies about law enforcement to achieve a, a greater goal. This is, this is ridiculous. 
it's 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 quite shocking how many people are quick to jump on the whole I hate police deal because you know they didn't like a speeding ticket they got. Look, I don't like speeding tickets either. It's annoying. But that's not a reason to dismantle Western civilization's approach to small government. This is the same group of people, right? That would rather have total control over school boards, for example. You know why they don't like locally elected school boards? Because the locally elected school boards represent local people, right? So they'd rather have a state controlled large system. We've, we've seen this in California. The policing matter is no different. This isn't about cops stopping fentanyl dealers. And you have all these citizens out here and people who are like, oh yeah, they should tell you, uh, you know, why they stop. Of course they're gonna tell you, of course they are. And let me tell you this, if you're worried about that because you have a bag of fentanyl in your trunk, then you are the bad guy. Yeah, hello, Sorry. you're a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, this is absolutely asinine, it's ridiculous. And in their own words, it's about equity, it's about pretext stop. These are long, long running leftist goals in this country. Well, we talked about that on the very first podcast, the difference between equity and equality. If you hear the word equity, you should turn the other way because it's not what you think it is. Um, and and yes, they, they are not anti-cop. They're anti-cops they can't control. If Chad Bianco was going door-to-door -door collecting people's guns, Newsom would be donating to his campaign. So it's not about... Uh, the institution is about who controls the institution. Yeah, and well, and the fact is everything they say is a lie. Let's be clear. The only people that care about black lives more than anyone are cops. They're the ones that spend the majority of time in black neighborhoods, Hispanic neighborhoods. It's it's uh, where the people need help the most. And by and large, they have a great relationship. You know who they don't have a great relationship with? People that are trying to smuggle drugs and smuggle humans and rob people. They're the ones that don't like the cops. And so now you have Democrats who are using that animosity because it achieves a political goal for themselves and they're turning regular people against police. Look, the end, the end, of, uh, end state of this uh, effort is not going to be good. You're talking about a lawless, uh, euthanized police force in the state, which is already overrun with crime. And you have Democrats here trying to make it even harder for police to find and catch bad guys. And it's, ne it's not about saying, do you know why I stopped you? If you really think that's what this bill is about, you need some help. Because I could, this is like, this is no different than making a bill that says police have to wear pants. I think police should wear pants. Don't you think it's a violation of my fifth amendment if a cop walks up to my car without pants on? Well, you're like, uh, yeah, but what are you talking about? That's, that's the same thing with this. That's not an issue that people have asking you, do you know why I pulled you over? That's a, that's a blip in a 10 minute conversation, if that. You already have to have a reason, constitutionally speaking. And everything you do, every action is recorded. Nowadays, everyone has body cameras. You write a report. Every single thing you do is scrutinized by not only supervisors in law enforcement, but by the district attorney's office and a judge. And if it gets through all that, you have to go to court. So this, this ridiculous bill, SB 50, has nothing to do with cops saying, do you know why I pulled you over? It's, it's, as, it's as ridiculous as saying we should make a bill that says cops can't say good morning. What it's really about, as Senator Bradford articulated, is about racial profiling, equity, keeping people safe. You know what would keep people of color safe? Drugs off the streets. Drugs off the streets, arresting the criminals that are harming them because the majority of violence and crime committed on, on um, black people is done by other black people, which is, which is very sad. And there's some awesome data out there to show this is really about fathers and homes. This is about respect. This is about the way you behave and accountability. The Democrats continue to lie to people. You're feeding people a lie. 
shifting blame from personal behavior onto everything and everyone else. And as we know with leftism, the end goal, the end result of all of this is destruction. Destruction. Massive human suffering. Yeah. Massive human suffering. So yes, this may seem innocuous, like what's the big deal? I think they should stay. Well, of course they should. I even had, you saw people commenting on there. Uh, we're like, oh, I did 20 years in law enforcement and I don't have a problem with this. It's like, that's because you probably said it when you walked up on the car. I pulled over hundreds and hundreds of cars. Every time I said, hey, I uh, I started, uh, or I, I pulled you over because you know you ran the stop sign. That's not the point of this bill. Cops do that anyways. What they really wanna do is stop you from digging. They wanna, they literally, the end goal of this is to stop you from being able to find that terrorist car, like we said in the example, and get in to find the bomb. This, these laws will eventually make it to where if you know a terrorist is carrying a bomb in his trunk and you see them run a stop sign, the only thing you can do is walk up and give them a ticket for the stop sign and then let them go. That will result in more victims than the state has ever seen. You know who knows this best? Law enforcement, the people that spend thousands of hours out on the streets risking their lives. But do the Democrats care to ask them? No, they're consulting their equity czars and their, their diversity boards and absolute fantasy nonsense. All right, I think we've had enough of that. It, it's an infuriating issue because it's more, just, just to recap, it's it's more lies that occurred, you know, during the BLM years and all the riots and the violence. My, my big thing was always like, why don't we see an answer from this, from the, from the conservatives, right? We have all the data. We have all of the facts and the true data behind the rhetoric and the propaganda against police. And I don't hear people presenting it. I don't get it. Anyways. All right, so let's move into... Uh Maine removing President Trump from the ballot. So uh, Maine's top election official has removed former President Donald Trump from the state's uh, primary ballot based on the 14th Amendment's insurrectionist ban, similar to Colorado, again, on the false premise that he uh, violated the 14th Amendment's, quote, insurrectionist ban. Uh, Maine Secretary of State Shanna Bellows paused her decision pending a potential appeal in state court, which Trump's team said they intend to file. This makes Maine the second state to disqualify Trump after the Colorado, Colorado Supreme Court, which we talked about last week and at the beginning of this podcast, uh, in its own ruling, removed him from the ballot earlier this month. This development is a significant victory for Trump's, Trump's critics uh, who cite the attack on the U.S. Capitol uh, had to do with Donald Trump. Something I found interesting in this is they use the same language in their statements. She says, uh, she being Bellows, the main secretary of state, says, quote, I do not reach this conclusion lightly which is almost verbatim what the Colorado Secretary of State said. Yeah, paste and copy. It's like yeah. a, they, she got caught in college copying her friend's paper. Yeah, absolutely. And we see this all the time on the news where the talking points go out and MSNBC is saying the same thing as CNN. Maybe it's Pelosi in a basement. And she's like, send this out quick. Well, no, actually, uh, uh, Bernie Sanders is in his basement oh, yeah. right now because he has COVID. After yeah. getting... I have COVID, everybody, and I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, after getting vaccinated 600 times, he's still got COVID, so... Um, oh, man. We wish him well. <laughs> Hope he recovers quickly. Yeah. So she goes on to say dem uh, democracy is sacred and that she is mindful that no secretary of state has ever deprived a presidential candidate of ballot access based off Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. I, being Bellows, uh, am also mindful, however, that no presiden presidential candidate has ever before engaged in an insurrection, which is true because to this day, uh, no presidential candidate has ever before been prosecuted and found guilty of engaging in uh, insurrection. All right. So do we have any understanding as to why Colorado has since reversed that decision? 
Yeah, so we talked about it uh, just to recap the beginning. They they are waiting until the Supreme Court decides. So they're urging the Supreme Court to make a swift decision, but I right. think that they took um, – they were pressured probably by public opinion, and I think you mentioned a few Democrats as well, that it was probably not a good idea yeah. uh, to remove him from the ballot until the Supreme yeah, Court clearly, Yeah, clearly what happened is uh, the left has uh, – you know they're they're even further radical left than they are themselves, and I think this whole taking them off the ballot thing is going to backfire. In fact, it already has. It drew the ire of several prominent leftists already. Um, notably, I would point out Gavin Newsom of California, the uh, tyrant himself, pointed out that uh, I think the quote is he said we we win at the at the ballot box or not in the court or something like that, right? I mean, and by that he means stuffing the ballot box. Yeah, stuffing them. Um, I think I think that those who are looking at a national perspective, like Newsom, you know, is looking at running for president, is like mm, this isn't going to bode well nationally. Us not being able to beat Trump, so we just have these like skeevy left wing judges remove him from the docket. As we went over thoroughly last uh, episode, you guys can go back and listen. Um, it was all built on a false premise. Right. He's never been convicted of, of uh, insurrection. He wasn't even there. We have all the data and the videos and the statements that he made telling people to not be violent, et cetera. So you have these random judges that just really hate him. And so they took it personally and just decided, well, because he he's an insurrectionist, we're not going to let him be on the ballot. It's like, well, no one no one decided that he he didn't do that. So, like, again, like we talk about layering, just like fraud uh, masters and criminals do. They, they lie, they lay a foundation, which is a lie, and then they stack it on top with court decisions and opinions and amicus. And, and like, if you go all the way down to the bottom, nothing's true to begin with. It's all fruit of the poisonous tree. So I'm, I'm kind of shocked that Maine has done this now, but I mean, we shouldn't be. I mean, the left is literally like a brain, a mind virus. They're yeah, not only has he not been uh, prosecuted and found guilty of insurrection, there's also a legal question as to whether Section 3 of the 14th Amendment as as stated, the insurrection ban, there's a legal question as to whether or not it even applies to President of the United States. It was a post-Civil War um, part of the 14th Amendment that says officials who engage in insurrection can't hold future office. Uh, but the provision is vague and doesn't say how the ban should be enforced or whether it applies to uh, even the President of the United States. So, I mean, this is just a witch hunt. We know this. I mean, they they the Democrats thought that they would get rid of Trump with the Mueller investigation and the Russia collusion. That turned out to be a hoax and a lie. Then they thought it was impeachment and that didn't work. And then, uh, you know, then the January 6th uh, thing happened. Trump, you know, obviously had nothing to do with that uh, besides disagreeing with the Democrats. That was his big crime. And um, I believe it was uh, Mitch McConnell who said the Democrats are going to take care of this son of a, and then he said the B word, end quote. Um, it's clear from the very beginning from uh, McConnell's comments, as well as, you know, those of um, the two FBI agents, Peter Strozak, or however you say his name and his his lover, that they were intent on stopping him from being president. Now, this all predates any allegations. So what that tells you, right, is that they went out and manufactured problems or used situations as they came up. And they have tried over and over and over again. As we covered once before, I think that um, someone who had a great uh, sort of perspective on this was Tucker Carlson. Tucker had Trump on his show. And remember, he asked him, uh, where do you think this escalation is going to end? 
And Tucker sort of pointed out, look, they started here, then they they keep upping it. They tried impeachment, they tried collusion, they, they tried the investigation, now they're trying January 6th, now they're trying to take him off the ballot. Where does it end? I mean, eventually, as Tucker pointed out, the only thing left to do is to try to kill him. And he asked Trump that, right? So, and then people wonder why there's such a, an unrest, right? Uh, I was on with um, Todd Starnes on his show this week, and uh, he asked me about um, Catherine Herridge and her comment on the Black Swan event, which is, Black Swan event is just an, a, you know, an unpredictable event that you don't know if it's going to happen or how it's going to come about. I think a lot of people feel that way because there's confusion. There's so much lying and deceit coming from the left and so many upped uh, attempts, right? That everybody's wondering where is this escalation going to end? Um, well, it's going to end right here, at least with the whole ballot thing, because as we see, Colorado just, you know, did a U-turn all of a sudden, right? They were so sure of their thing. And then a week goes by and now they changed it this thing in Maine's not going to go anywhere either. I think they also know that the Supreme Court would never let this fly. It is such an egregious authoritarian communist style thing to do to just not like your opponent. So you remove him from the ballot. Yeah. Uh, it's the thing that they do in communist countries, Venezuela, yeah. Russia, things like that. Yeah. Who was it um, running against? A, it was uh, Robert Kennedy who, who said, you know, who's running against Trump, who said, this is like a banana Republic said it was wrong. Um, you know, if, if the guy running against him for office can say that, certainly the DNC can wake up and realize that their extreme leftism is not voting well with the country. Well, more to come on that, I guess. All right. Well, that's all we have for uh, this week. I hope everybody, well, we hope everybody had a uh, very Merry Christmas. New Year's coming up. And uh, I guess we get to say we'll see you next year. See you next year. <laughs>